Hello and welcome to the Maelstrom Frequency. This is Jeremy, and I'm here to let you know that Maelstrom is launching a mini capital campaign this summer. Our goals for this campaign are to make some important renovations to our headquarters uh, in line with making the space more accessible to our artists and audiences, as well as upgrade our podcast studio so we can make what you're listening to right now sound even better. We would love your support in making these upgrades to Maelstrom. As a small nonprofit, individual donations make a huge impact on what we do. Uh, to learn more about the campaign or to make a donation, you can go to maelstromcollaborativearts.org slash donate. And once you're there, you can make a one-time donation to the campaign. Uh, or you can sign up for Maelstrom Wellspring, our monthly giving program, which allows you to support us continuously throughout the year. Both are extremely helpful and extremely appreciated. Thank you so much, and I hope you enjoy this episode of the Maelstrom Frequency. So, uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome to the Maelstrom Frequency. We are an artist-centric podcast where we get on... Uh, a little bit beyond the typical conversation around artists, we want to really get into the, the, the meat and potatoes and, and, and buttery, buttery goodness of what it means to be a working artist in this city. Um, today, I'm your host, Jasmine Goffin, and around the table, we're going to go through uh, who we have here today. So starting on my right... I'm Dr. Lady J. Uh, she, they pronouns, in or out of drag, pretty much most people know me as Lady J or J. Um, and my drag performance style, I guess, uh, is, um, I'm definitely like an alternative performer and, but I think primarily I've always like kind of said I'm a storyteller more than anything else. Um, that's what I'm all about. Hi, my name is Bia Jewel. My pronouns are she, her out of a drag. My name is LaShawn. Um, I would say my performance style is like more on the dancey side. I love pop music. I also do like to do, um, yeah, I like to tell stories as well through drag and like bring you into a character and like a whole like why we're here. That's very important to me. So I, I dabble in alternative and like drag king stuff. So I've been dabbling in different forms of drag. So, but my main style is mostly dancing, I would say. Sweet. I'm Dusty Bucket. Uh, she and they are both good. Um, it's funny cause like my name's Cassie, but like there's another Cassie at work where I work right now. So I've been going by dusty, like just kind of full time. <laughs> so let's go <laughs> committing. It's converging. Do it. I gave up my yeah. real human name. So long ago. <laughs> my human name you don't is need dying. It. You don't need it. It's Give it away. Dusty <laughs> or bust dusty or busty. <clears throat> so I am, I am a drag artist. Um, I've done, you know, like post gender, uh, Fuckery. Can I say fuckery? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've been prescribed a futurist uh, as a descriptor, which I, I think is working. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, we're all kind of like narrative driven um, in our work and uh, I'm not much of a dancer. <laughs> so like, I really like um, go in for like a gimmick and like a, you know, a big campy, um, uh, like a lot of humor, but also like I've been doing a lot of scary as well um but yeah i 
I want to um, just explore like the depths of the human experience and <laughs> the worst kinds of emotions you can have in a bar. <laughs> at a bar with a Sunny D drink in your hand. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. at a bar. Just <laughs> let's go. Tasting on. like vomit before it even goes down. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, oh, Dusty no. Bucket tastes like vomit before it even yeah, goes down. That's a good. Like that's a good tagline for your show. <laughs> okay, I'll jot that down. <laughs> I also do like Dusty or Busty. Like I feel like that's a good bumper sticker right there. Yeah, like Dusty or Busty. Um. Okay. Yeah. No, I love this. Um. <laughs> please know that this is the energy of today's podcast, and uh, it frankly, I would like to just dive even deeper into it. Um. My first just general question, since we're all, I, I also consider myself a storyteller, though not through performance, because I'm scared of people looking at me. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm really curious, then, what is it about storytelling? Like, I should explain to anyone who's listening for the first time, we're going to get really granular into this, so buckle up. Um, what is it about storytelling? Like, when you're talking about, like, creating a narrative with performance and all that like drag gives you in terms of those tools like what is it about bringing those two worlds together that really does it for you anyone can go first i guess since i like emphasized that i'll say something um so like for me storytelling is it's central to what i do because like it you know growing up trans there's not a lot of especially like when i did you know like before the trans, long before the trans tipping point of the last 10 years or so, um, you know, there was no real model for me to understand myself at all. And there certainly was no images of myself in media that I felt like. Um, and so I had to kind of like see myself through a lot of lenses that ultimately didn't make a lot of sense. And what I love about drag is that without writing an entire screenplay, without getting an entire film produced, without mm. doing an entire theatrical undertaking, you get to cast yourself in whatever role you want. Like, and I, and I mean that extraordinarily broadly. Like I use this metaphor all the time that like drag is a world where you can, yes, tell the stories of like a man or a woman or a non-binary person or whatever. You can also be a dragon. You can be a table. You can be <laughs> literally like a whole number <laughs> as, you know, inanimate objects. Like I have seen uh, so many things that you can cast yourself as, stor stories that you can tell, ways that you can depict a narrative and bend it from ways that you wouldn't normally using materials that people are already familiar with a lot of times, like using pop culture, you know, film quotes, um, and like, um, you know, uh, songs that they're already familiar with. Like you can kind of tap on other narratives they already are familiar with to build your story. I'm, I'm thinking even just what you did at trash. You were in the trash shirt. You were oh, up yeah. in the trash shirt. <laughs> yeah. But like I'm the. So yeah. for those that can't see, uh, yeah. it is a black uh, black shirt with green dripping text that says trash and underneath it says unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Got a little um, fancy foundation on it. Just <laughs> to really give it some content, give it some character. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about your performance because it was like, it was what, American Horror Story? Yeah, I had took, um, if you've ever seen American Horror Story season four, uh, Freak Show, it's the twins freak, um, uh, I was going to say freaking, uh, what's her name? Nah, it's uh, <laughs> not in bed, and I had two heads, I had like made a whole nother version of my face on like a mannequin head, it was, it was pretty cool. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I, I feel like the way that we're 
referencing and sampling like things from pop culture but like yeah like since we're not a film crew and we don't have like this high budget thing but we like took this like high budget thing and then like made it with what we had and but it's like that right it's like i know that in my own work it's like how much can i reference that people will recognize and then how much can i abstract like away from it and get like real freaky with it but then it's like that i think that balance too like you're you're retelling of that narrative and like was like really good and people got emotional like yeah uh, i don't know who was next to you i was looking i was watching the video on my phone and they were like <laughs> like <laughs> they were gagged and i was like i hope i'm not like somebody came to me and was like you were genuinely scary like you were very eerie and i'm like i didn't mean to like scare anybody i, I didn't think anybody would be scared <laughs> if anything um so basically at the end of it um I'm a, I'll do this performance again, so I don't care if I tell people. But spoilers. at the end of it, spoilers. Um, you know how they stay together. I decided to cut the the head off, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> lose the dead weight, of course. And then I like <laughs> got up and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm good. I don't, you know, need the twin." And then like I put like a real emotional song at the end, and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and I like tried to put the head back on I my shoulders, her. and then it fell off again. It was it was crazy. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if this is, I was telling my friend, I'm like, I don't know if, if this is the line, like if this is too psycho, you know, like, more, like it's not gore. It's like, it's gory, which is fine. People like gory. But I was like, is, is it past the point of like, sensical? But I was like, I don't care. They're, no, they're going to like it. Yeah. I was like, more. Yeah. And it's like that, that like, I don't know, the way that camp is like, so, I don't know, like this is so emotional and sad, but also it's funny. Like, that's, like, great. Like, I like that balance of, like, um, because I have, uh, what's, like, the most cursed myth? Is it the Mother Mix? That's the oh, most yeah. cursed myth. Is that, that the one that you do with? Uh, Probably. Yeah, at the, yeah, I do all of, like, the, narr- um, the monologues of, like, every toxic mom in TV, and then, like, um, I end it with um, Oh Superman by Laurie Anderson. And I don't know if that's the worst one. I think the, the, worst the one? birth. I think yeah, the I think birth. the birth. That one oh, the birth. That's when I saw that at Black Mass, oh my the, God. Yeah, yeah, with, 12 of those people the, that were there. Like the whole like gender reveal <laughs> yeah, party of horror okay. story. That was that's high budget. Pretty, that, was, that was pretty epic. Okay. Uh, that's uh, what I love about this drag scene. Uh, um, also yeah. that, because it's like, yeah, like, I forget when you go to like any other city, like it's like okay, well, where's like the, the, <laughs> the riz? Who's using the word the the charisma of the, but like who like who's pushing the envelope of like what this could be? And it's like we are like kind of spoiled with like shows like Trash and Black Mask because it's like I come out with like well the gender reveal party was um my drag son and um Big Top, uh Big Top was my husband and I was this you know just this, um suburban white woman pregnant uh <laughs> having a um, gender reveal party and it goes horribly wrong. To put it lightly, for, for, for yeah. the audience, it's the shoulder shake that went with that that <laughs> was really great. Like that's the part you really miss. <laughs> horribly wrong. We go horribly wrong. I was in an audience with the cupcake, just like. Oh yeah, big time <laughs> passed out cupcakes. Everybody got to have a gendered cupcake. Um, and then, yeah, like, my, my actual drag son, Walter Bucket, uh, lives in Indianapolis, so it was really special that he got to be there and um, crawl out of my machine <laughs> and roll around to, like, some infant annihilator. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, like, it's it was a whole production. It was, like, a very, like, high-effort production for all 
12 of those people. And then I did it again at my house for another dozen or so friends. It's like, that, and that's what's like ridiculous. I think about what we're all doing is just like, we put our whole pussies into it. And then like our six friends maybe see it. And then we I mean, go. My, the my favorite shows are the, like the, the your house parties. Like uh. we all end up doing stuff that we just wouldn't do anywhere else and, or that we just literally can't get away legally with. At a yeah. Club. <laughs> like, yeah. So like, I just like, it's so crazy when I'm like traveling around and I'm talking to people in other States and stuff and people are just like, your scene sounds so nuts. And like, I wish I had, and I'm like, yeah, you do wish you had like, <laughs> we're very, very lucky. Like yeah. it's, it's crazy. Cause like I, a lot of my historical work is about like the downtown nineties late or late eighties and nineties, uh, downtown New York art scene and nightlife. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like we're kind of getting somewhere like that where you get, you know, visual artists working with the drag performers who are working with the musicians who are all like, cause like that's part of trash too. Is like, there's three live bands every time there's vendors, like it's drag, it's burlesque. It's, it's a little bit of everything. And so you also like, I have never met as many new people in the scene as I have recently, just because it's bringing out, especially with like having the bands too, it's bringing out like all different kinds of people that wouldn't normally go to a drag show who might be into it, but are like, ah, eh, more likely to go to a, like a band, see live music. And then they're like, bah, I'll stay and see. And then they're like, wow, this is crazy as shit. What the fuck was that? Yeah. You know, like, cool. um, like I really feel like we are very, lucky with what we have here yes no i'm sorry i got so excited when you started saying this because um uh first off this is great and i'm not gonna have to say much at all i realized this is wonderful um <laughs> you're all are so wonderful um no but like i have like really in my heart have felt like there is this very similar vibe of a cleveland scene happening now that feels like that late yeah 80s NYC. And it like, didn't feel like this a few years ago. It here. didn't. And it I really thought didn't. I was tripping. And so you saying that, like, no. I literally have chills because like <laughs> there is, and, it, and I, that's how I learned is I would, I learned about you, Dusty and Pika Booth. And I'm like, well, this is some dope shit. What the hell did I just watch? Right. Like, and now I'm interested and I want to get like more involved and I want to know what I can do as like a filmmaker to like bring to that. Like it's, and it does. It feels like I know I'm going to be in front of six people. Like, you know, like I, it's going to be that small thing, but it's good and real. And like, well, it's like one of the clubs that I was talking about, I did talk about Keith Herring and nightlife and at Akron Art Museum recently. And one of the clubs I talk about a lot is uh, this place called Club 57. And Club 57 was like a club where nobody was making money. That's just not what it was about. But it was an extremely important club. But people forget, Studio uh, or, um, uh, Studio 54 didn't make money either. Studio 54 was a gigantic economic failure. Um, <laughs> like, there's so many things people misunderstand about things. But, like, Club 57 was like an art lab, kind of, where, like, Keith Haring and, like, Jean-Michel Basquiat and, like, also Klaus Nomi and, like, drag performer slash performance artist Joey Arias and, like, John Sex, who was, like, coming out of the burlesque scene into the drag scene and, like, becoming a, a musician. Like, there were all these people who were, like, building set pieces for each other and, like, making full club-size installations in what was basically, like, a basement in, uh, like, a Polish church. Um, but then that's what grew out of that space was an entire aesthetic that informed the entire, like, all of downtown New York scene at the time. 
you know, because that was being carried out into like Keith Haring would do these party of life events that had like three to 5,000 people at them that are all of a sudden engaging with the same stuff that's been built up there. And that's like what I'm seeing happening. I feel like that's what I'm seeing happening in Cleveland is like, we're seeing things that are kind of bubbling up in smaller circles that now like larger entities are like, what, what is going on there? What's yeah. that about? Um, and I, I think it's really amazing. Like, and we've, we've got, you know, we've also been lucky in the last few years that like, we have a lot more producers in town that are bringing through mm. more traveling acts. So like yeah. we have like Glamgore with Annie, like mm. she brings through tons and tons of people from all over the state and all over the place. And then trash brings in folks. And like, there's so many of the shows now, whereas like seven years ago, it was like, most of us just didn't have any kind of budget for that. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm just, I'm just so excited about the yeah. way the scene is now. Like I, it felt so different just like five to seven years ago. And it feels like now there is so much endless possibility. Yeah. And um, it's like outside of just the <clears throat> bar too. And it's like, I feel like if I only exist in like little drag brunch moments, like I would feel bad at drag. Like I, I felt bad at drag like the other day because I was in a show that like, you know, it's just a bunch of like. Gen X white people that like are at brunch and sitting down and like I make five dollars in tips and it's like it makes me feel like bad at drag. It's like if that was the only scene, if it was a scene that was like meant to be like that's what people expect, they want, um, you know, your uh, I'm like knocking the microphone, <laughs> but, like, the, 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 whatever that drag queen shuffle is with the little donkey kicks and the yeah. Well, it's like the the scene that we have now. I feel like when I came into the scene, you know. God, almost 15 years ago here in Cleveland, it felt like there were kind of like <clears throat> two models for drag. Mm. There was like glamour and there was like naked pretty girls, mm. like mm. brawn panties, very sexy or like dancers. Yeah. So kind of like that realm, but all pretty mainstream. And I had come from a scene that was a combination of things. Like Knoxville had that, but it also had like, you know, Demetria Christ, like, setting the stage on fire and, like, setting mm. her body on fire and, like, eating fire and, like, you know, people doing, you know, like, all kinds of, like, goth and weird and punk and crazy, like, way weirder numbers, um, at least as part of the mix, even though that was not... Everybody was still in the middle of University of Tennessee campus, so it's still, like, <laughs> you know, playing to the sorority people that are coming in most of the time. Yeah. But there just wasn't that vibe here when I got here, and it feels, like, astonishing now to see how different things are because for years it was like me and veranda and i were like the weird ones and i kept being like okay veranda's just a campy queen <laughs> and like i'm not that weird like i kept saying for years like people would be like you're you're really pushing the envelope and i was like i am really not you're like just um, wait <laughs> i'm <laughs> like i'm just trying to get you to accept that there are other things than what you think are acceptable yeah uh but, like, it's wild now because now I'm like, see, I, I told y'all. Now <laughs> the people coming up behind me are hella weird, and I love it. <laughs> yes. You know, it's blood. It's eating worms. It's yeah. everything. Like, it's yeah. it's live births on stage. <laughs> it's literally all the things that I was like for years. I was like, why don't we have this? Yeah, but it's kind of cool that, like, here in Cleveland is different forms. Like, I, I it was funny because the week I did trash, like I cut my head off and then like the next day I'm like doing it like a whole dancey show. And then Sunday I'm at a brunch with kids and their parents are walking up to me like, I saw you Friday. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I'm dressed, like, like, I'm dressed like Cinderella. I got this big crown on my head. Like I was real cute. I was like, ha la 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 la. And they're like, 
I see New Friday. You scared the shit out of me. Just yeah. seventy-two hours. <laughs> I was like, oh wow, look how it look how it changes, you know. So it's like you never know who you will meet, and then you never know how it correlates back to like what they've seen you do, and then like. You know, I don't think one form is better than the other. And then I think that's what sometimes is the divide here in Cleveland that, you know, you got to be one or the other. And you can really play around with so much. It's like it, some people think it's just like you got to be in this one box and it's not a box. You know, you could be in a like a trove. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you, you build a you number know? like a number. Yeah. It kind of exists on its own. And it's like that's what's yeah. sweet. It's like. Yeah, like, I get, like, I think a lot of people are just, like, if they saw you, like, do your, like, head chop, they're just, like, oh, well, she's not a glamour girl. Like, I don't want to look her for, like, a brunch. It's, like, she can do brunch, too. <laughs> like, and, it, and I, like, it was weird because it's, like, for me, I was always doing, like, I never saw myself as glamorous. I mean, I know my name is, like, Beauty when I wear all the diamonds and stuff, but I never saw myself as, like, glamorous. Like, I just was, like, okay, I'm just going to do me and then, like, hope people like it and then, like, I put it out there and I'm like, no one's going to like it. And everybody's like, no, you were great. Like, here's an award. You won this competition. I'm like, no, I wasn't supposed to win. Nobody <laughs> was supposed to look at little old me. Nobody was supposed to care. But it's like, it was, it's just, it's cool. Cause it's like, um, I'm, I was able to do like a pageant recently, you know? So, and then I was able to be like gory. Like I've done like, well, like three gory numbers yeah. <laughs> so far. Um, I did a vampire number two. So it was like, it, it was in a way of like towing that line. Cause like, I'm not eating worms per se, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can play with some like ideas and like really get gritty. I think for the most part. So it was kind of, it's cool. So there's so many things I want to bounce on, but uh, <laughs> two thoughts. And I think they're both related. I'm curious why just in your own estimation, why do you think Cleveland is in this like, why specifically Cleveland do you think is, like, in a space where this is thriving? Like, where this is – fertile is the word I want mm. to use. Like, there's fertile ground here. And I think my – I have a long-standing personal belief about, like, that arts is going to be the thing that actually saves the city. Mm. Because there's no reason why we have these big institutions and yeah. we're all broke. So, like – Correct. Um, <laughs> so, as soon as we get this balance together um, – but that – Inbalance tends to feed into, like, this sort of fertile scene. Like, you were talking about, like, the late 80s of that. Like, part of that is that desperation to s express no matter fucking what and doing yeah. that. And that builds out some beautiful things. So I'm curious if there's something about, you th think specifically about Cleveland that's kind of pushing that energy along. And then related to that, is there something about, like, you were talking about, like, the range of types of performance you can be and you can set that spectrum of what that looks like for you do you think is that part of what makes it unique that it's like because cleveland is so like off the bat and no one's paying attention you just get to set the tone like very much wild mm. west i don't know if that mm. makes sense like, i think there's a little bit of that and like i do want to make it clear like i i in no way i mean my my whole drag family is is pretty girls and and okay. glamour queens like it's like that's yeah i mean we like that's them. a lot of what i do but it's like for me what my whole point was really just that like there used to be no space for anything but that right. mm. and it was like the literally like the queens when anybody would try to do anything even vaguely outside of the box like it was kind of a weird thing because I became this weird entity being a, a grad student the whole time and studying drag history that I would be the person to jump in mm -hmm. and be like, no, you don't understand why this person is actually like a queen named Jay yeah. who went off and ended up working with Suzanne Barsh and ended up on the cover of Italian Vogue. Right. Like 
there was a queen here who shall remain unnamed who was like adamant at it. We were sitting outside the club one night and she was just like, I just don't understand this kind of dragon, blah, 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 blah. And I like showed her all these club kid things from the 90s, mm-hmm. like blah, blah, blah. It was before like this was as common knowledge as it is now. But like we had a whole conversation and she was like, okay, I guess I get it. But, like, it still didn't change her opinion about how yeah. things should run. And there was a lot of very conservative ideas that were, like, you know, drag needs to have these rules. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't wear pads, if you don't wear lashes, if you don't wear nails, if you don't do this, then da-da-da-da-da, then you won't get booked. And, like, it was it was so crazy. And so, like, now what I love is that, like, I work in all these worlds. I do brunches. Yeah. I do kids' shows. I do, you know, I'm yeah, I'm not eating worms or doing stuff like that either. <laughs> but I'm building, you know, uh, I made a, like a prosthetic wound guitar that squirts oh, blood. That I was thinking like, about that recently, so, and I was like... Like, I, I love like, prop making. That's mm-hmm. a big part of what I like is, like, build... I like physically large stuff. That's, like, my favorite thing is, like, how how much of the stage can I take up with whatever I'm big creating corn here? cross. Yeah. <laughs> the corn crucified cross. on the corn cross. Yeah, like... Stuff like that. But I think Cleveland, I think part of it is that Cleveland used to be really, really clicky in these different little circles. So there's like, you know, like not only is there like a hip hop circle, there's like all these like 10 sub circles and like five of them hate each other. And the same thing with drag and the same thing with the punk circle and the same thing with the this and the that and the other. And like the universities also used to be very insular. And I'm seeing them start making efforts towards like, Maybe we should take part in the city. Mm. What would that be like? Um, And I think a lot of it is like there's so much expansion happening and there's so much amazing art here happening that now that there's finally an idea that there might be some money, now people are realizing, hey, what if we all like did a thing together and produced a gigantic crazy thing instead of each of us trying to build one teeny tiny thing? There's this like thing I feel, and I don't know if, this is like just the way that not to be like young people, but like I think a lot of people that like enter into a scene, they think that they're going to be the one to like invent a new thing before they know what's already going on. Exactly. And like, I, but like also Cleveland's like so like DIY, like everything's like a speakeasy. Yeah. You don't know where anything really is unless you know. So it's like, but then also there's a spirit of like, you're not like, you're not supposed to even like this. There's all six of my friends here, but I'm still going to like throw my whole ass into this. And it's like, yeah, no one maybe paid attention to Cleveland, but like it doesn't matter. We're doing it because like we or we'll die. <laughs> like, and yeah. so there's this whole just like I think that earnestness and that like the way that people just like are taking it seriously, like as an art form and not to fit into like this business model. Um, because it's like, yeah, like if you don't go in with expectations, like because we, you know, are we just made up this space. <laughs> like we, there's no one like telling us, like, you know, it's not a, an established theater that like has had like a drag mother and a drag mother and a grandmother and a great grandmother that like to uphold this expectation. But it's also, yeah, it's like, it's hard because then like the DIY nature of it, I think makes all these different camps and people are all trying to do their own thing. And then, so yeah, like the, how to put them together and to work together to make like a big thing, but preserving that like, you can kind of get away with doing whatever you want in like this crazy abandoned church or whatever, or this storefront window over there. <laughs> like <laughs> Another thing that I, I forgot that I think is really important is there was like a huge shift that happened when bounce nightclub closed. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when bounce was here, there were like 32 of us on cast, you know, which is like 
divide that up however many performers, however many nights, it doesn't work out great that anybody's really like getting a full time whatever for the most part. Um, and there was never much money to be made like from payouts there anyway, you know, like 50 bucks. Like, so. And how many years later, it's still 50 bucks? For the most part, right? Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that drives me crazy is I'm like, why are we still fighting for payouts like from $100 when that's what we were fighting for when I started 15 years ago? But anyway, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> um, but like what happened when Bounce closed, like, um, was that slowly people started realizing that you didn't have to work for this one centralizing gay thing. Like you could build your own thing. Yeah. And so we started, people started booking, you know, uh, brunches. Uh, people started booking at theaters. Like we started popping up in places where we just have never been. Like, you know, um, the Delusional Divas show at Pickwick and Frolic. There'd never been a show like that, like a full drag theatrical show using like real drag performers from the scene. Um, and so, like, we have all these, like, punk and DIY things, but we also have, like, these huge commercial entities that, like, with, like, the veranda shows at Music Box Supper Club or, like, the shows at, like, any of the shows that really go down, on down at the flats or, like, you know, these, like, big straight venues, basically, that are willing to, a lot of times, pay better than queer venues. Yeah. <laughs> and especially when compared to, like, the bounce days and take care of you better and treat you as an asset rather than, like, uh, you're one of like 37 queens. I gotta like roll, run through the fucking thing, and like, can we just, can we just get everybody's schedules? And like, I'm so exhausted. And like, instead, it's like each person. We also learned to share turf. Like, people started saying like, Hey, I see you got a show at blah 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 venue. Is it okay with you? Like, if I pitch to them a Tuesday night or like those kind of things. And I feel like we learned to be outside of the bounce, like outside of that bounce period, we learned to be a more cooperative drag community. I can't speak to like why it's also happening that the rest of the art scene is totally doing that. Um, but I see, I see that happening in the drag community because of like, I think there's a lot of it's directly tied to not having bounce. And I think that made us all have to think differently um, about what we could do. And at the same time, drag race coming into bigger, bigger existence allowed a lot of those doors to be more loose and more available to be opened. Yeah, I know. Um, like for me, um, like after COVID, because I spent a lot of time in the house <laughs> for that. And then like before that, I didn't really go out much. Um, I wasn't like that kind of person. So after COVID, I was like, I want to go out. I want to experience life. I've, I want to catch up on stuff. And it just kind of introduced me into like, I went to Twist first. And I think that's like everybody's like, what? Mm -hmm. Ease into like stuff. And I remember going um, to Mercury and I saw a drag show with like five performers. And I was like, oh, like this is like, in my head, like, I, I don't know why I never realized it was like, out there like it's not just on tv it's like actually near and then i like was seeking out drag shows and i would like go to different places and just like watch and i remember just being like amazed with how like free um like performers were um with being on like stage and like the communication with people and just like you know after being so like isolated and to see everybody come together for like you know, drag shows or just going to the club or going to the bar or just kind of finally opening back up. And I don't know if that was like the experience for a lot of people. And then like, as you slowly like come around more, you start kind of getting engulfed mm -hmm. <laughs> in the waves of like the, the culture here in Cleveland. Like, um, 
with the shows because like I would like start off going to drag shows and I am going to like concerts or like going to like um you know just different types of events that's like in the queer culture so it was kind of like it was like an ease and then eventually I was like okay well maybe I should talk to like because in my head I'm like I know like the Cleveland entertainers don't feel, you don't feel like a celebrity but like in my head it's like you seem untangible like you seem I can't talk to you like I can't like you're right here. There's nothing holding me back from like being like hi. But like in my head, I'm just like it's like RuPaul. Like I can't talk to them. I can't walk up to them. And then I was like, they were like, hey, you know, hey little you over there in the corner, just I watching keep us and you g- at the giving thing. us money. I've been seeing you all the time. And then like it kind of just was like, okay, no, like this is like real people just putting their hearts out and like putting out their art as if it was like a journal. Because I, I say for me, drag is like a journal, like. Mm. I can kind of, like, tell a story, like, my personal experience, but, like, maybe I put it in a different character's eyes. But it's, like, it's something I, that's been heavy on my head. I'm, like, let me just jot this out. But then it's, like, you actually performing it and not jotting it out. So it's just kind of, uh, I would say for me, it was just kind of, as as the world kept going on, it was easier to, like, come and see stuff. And I think that that's what it is for everybody. Or not for everybody. I won't say for everybody. But anybody that was, like, in that experience of just being at home and doing absolutely nothing. And I find it important that, like, at shows, talk to people. Because you never know who's in the audience. You never know if this is their first time at a drag show or 679. But <laughs> just to make them feel special because then that's they're going to keep coming back. And then without an audience, we can't do what we love to do, you know. So it's, like, it's a, I don't know. Yeah. A balance, I Don't, guess, you know? Yeah. It's no hard way. to, like, yeah. I know it's hard for me to, like, pay attention. I, like, I'm actually, like, it's, I, not that I'm shy, but, like, I grew up shy. And it's, like, very, like, I think that drag, it, like, yeah, like, blows up my whole thing into, like, this grandiose thing. But it's, like, it's also, like, oh, she's so unapproachable. It's, like, no, it's just because I'm, like, <gasps> like, I'm, like, going through that, like, every detail of what I'm about to, I'm, like, I, but it's, like, I do want to, like, talk to more people. But, like, I think what, um... Did you start at CODA? I did start at, yeah, I started at Casting Call. Yeah, because, like, I think that that has been huge for a lot of people because, like, not only, like, you can just, like, start drag, like, like be born at CODA, but, like, like a lot of us actually, like, who've been doing drag a long time, like, will go and, like, check out, like, yep. the new entertainers. And I don't know, like, a lot of, like, before that, like, I don't know how people really got started, like, in that kind Honestly, of way. Honestly, like, in the bounce days, I did that. Like, I went to the amateur nights to, like, scout new people, but... That wasn't really a thing here any, so much. That was a bigger thing in Knoxville where I was from just mm. because, like, the structure of the amateur co- show was in Knoxville there's two shows a night. Mm. And so the first show would be the cast on Wednesday night. And the second show would be a competition, amateur show. And then the winner would win 50 bucks, and they'd get to be in the regular cast the next yeah. week. So they also mm. couldn't win two weeks in a row. Yeah. Right? Um, and so the the cast would, like – occasionally pull someone in from this because you know like you'd be winning a lot like um and so i like i got to perform a lot back that was back when i was a drag king um but like there wasn't really that was one of the barriers for me when i first got here was like i went from being super submerged in drag in knoxville to coming here and like for two years i was just like uh, mm. i guess i just don't connect with the scene and then I met Erica Martinez, and that changed everything. And she became my drag mama, and that became my family. And that's another thing I would say about why our community works is because so much of it is 
our queer community, especially in the drag world, is very genuine, mm -hmm. I think. We, like, we really take care of each other. Like, I, my father died earlier this year suddenly, and it was really wild for my whole family to witness, like, like what was done for me. Um, the benefit show that we the threw. The benefit yeah. show, yeah. Like, it's very hard for me to talk about without, like, falling apart, and I don't really want to do that right yeah. now. But um, it... It was crazy looking around at that benefit and being like, how lucky am I to be part of this group of people who, like, at the drop of a hat, like, all came together on a Sunday afternoon and raised literally, like, thousands of dollars uh, and allowed me to, like, actually go spend time with my family and grieve. And, like, the same thing has been done, like, when one of my drag kids was living with us during the pandemic and we didn't have enough money for food. Like, people raised, like, 400 bucks for us, and we've done the same thing for others. And, like, that is really what I think this community, this drag community mm -hmm. is in Cleveland. It's, like, we take care of one another. Yes, we fight, mm -hmm. like any family does, and we have disagreements and blah, 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 blah. But ultimately, like, if, if the shit hits the fan, everybody's like, hey, what do you need? How yeah. can I help? Um, you know, do we need to raise money? Like, do we need to start a GoFundMe? Do we need to do a benefit show? Like people really jump in for each other. Yeah, you got your benefit show. Yeah, they. Um, I didn't. I was when I was running for the pageant. I had kind of. They offered me like a spot in it to be like, hey, um, we just need to fill in in some positions, and you know, we really think you could like, you know, put some kind of like. I was gonna say effort, but that's not what I was trying to say. Um, you could put like you could. We feel like you would be good at you know if you like you know apply yourself and whatever and whatnot. So I was kind of like, okay, now I have to like. Pretty much, I was like, the plan is to just use my tax money to just put some stuff together, and you know we'll just. I literally was doing. Um, my drag mom hosts a show called Broadway Live, and I literally was doing a Broadway number every week just to just get extra change, you know, because I was like. Yeah, I could use my money that I, I have, but I'm like, there's no point to get paid and be broke and b to buy a dress that I'm probably going to wear what one time because I'm not, I don't do ballot, so I'm not going to mm. wear this gown again, you know? Right. So <laughs> I kind of was like, um, at Vibe, I was going to show Vibe, and I was like, um, we were doing a benefit for you. <laughs> and, and they were like, the benefit. And I'm like, uh, I don't have a benefit show. I mean, if anybody wants to throw me one, I will take one um, or, you know, perform or whatever and they're like no not yours somebody you know and I was like oh yeah the benefit da 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 and then like the next day Willow was like the 15th the 16th or the 20th what day do you want your benefit to be on and I was mm -hmm. like for real so and it was it was it was sweet because it was so like seamless they kind of did everything for me just you know because I'm like trying to like put a package together and I've never been in a pageant before and everybody for the most part like everybody that um showed up it just it meant a lot to me because it was like I didn't expect anybody to come you know um and everybody came and I think I raised over like I could raise close to seven hundred dollars like with wow. like the money and like cash app and stuff so it was it was a great great turnout so yeah everybody I believe just is community here mm -hmm. and like you know who really is there for you and then like it's very important to be there as well, you know, and then even if people aren't there for you, just be, you know, genuine and, <laughs> you know, just be like, you know, whatever. At the end of the day, if somebody is attacking us, they're attacking us, regardless of me and you like each other or not, you know, yeah. and that's very important. I mean, yeah. 
we're so like petty that like we have our little in- internal things, but it's like, and yeah, it's like then there's this whole big picture thing happening, and it's just kind of like, I don't know about you. Does anyone have like a number picked out for like a like a show in case you get like protested? Like, what's your protest number? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna do like the Amy Lennox cabaret. I mean, I've been basically <laughs> touring on a number about what's been going on. Yeah, and, you know, like so that's been like my whole shtick for the last three months. Yeah, has been doing that trans warrior mix. Yeah, um, so I have like a trans a suit of armor that I made out of EVA foam. Um, and it has like a sh- all the trim on the armor. It's black armor, and all the trim is in the trans pride colors. Um, and then it has a huge trans pride symbol, and I have like a mace. And then I have uh, uh, usually it's my partner, but I've had a bunch of different people do it at this point because I've done it so many places. Um, but it, it was a response to all of these uh, anti-gender affirming care laws or bills, um, the anti-drag. Ban- the bills, the drag queen story hour protest, just kind of the insanity that was piling up and has been since really like kind of in a, just an avalanche since January of this year. And um, so I was like, you know what? I always said I was never, ever, ever going to be literal and like put words on signs. <laughs> I was like, I hate that so I much. <laughs> but then I was like, you know what? Some things just call for it. Like some things you just need to be crystal fucking clear about what the hell you're talking about. And so I just have like, you know, basically like what those, each of those attacks is. And then I just smash them through. And like, it's been really nice because not only is it helpful for me in dealing with the emotion of, of all of this, um, especially being a Tennessean and a lot of this being like really bad in my home state. Um, but it's, it's something that's been really amazing to see, like, especially I've performed this in the South a number of times recently and like having, a lot here but having folks that are trans in the south come up to me after that number and like in tears like that is i'm like okay it was worth it to do the literal thing once Mm -hmm. like i'll probably never do it again i hope i never have to do it again but sometimes you just need to do the thing um i don't remember why i was talking about no no i think that's great (laughs) uh i don't think i have a protest song but i did do this really cool number during um Black History Month, uh, about, uh, it was just about being black and just being, you know, queer and, um, like what that meant, you know, to me and whatnot. So it like opened up with like this skit from SNL that was like, you know, come up here tell us about your black history, you know, um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> and I got up there and I'm just like, you know, you know, it's about being black and, you know, I'm going to give you 28 reasons to hug a black person today, you know? And, you know, the one, you know, the first one is just, you know, we deserve a chance. And then like, it was like two through 28 slavery. And, like, <laughs> and I, I did it um, at one bar and like, you know how you have people like smile because they don't know what to do. Uh-huh. One bar, like they laughed and that was at, uh, at Vibe. Some people laughed. And I was like, cool. And um, it proceeds to go into being like I'm black um, and like not in that high tone it's uh Bob the drag queens uh black and like I, I repeated it three times and then it's like this one line where it's like you know I'll be telling jokes but ain't a damn thing funny and if, if people are like oh <laughs> 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 and but it's just it was just a, 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 a I personally it's, it's one of my like favorite mixes to do but it's just, you know so like it's it's in my head. It's like it's it's kind of like concrete to February, but then it's like by the end of it, you realize it's like it's not just about being black and like being queer and just being like this one time. Like we need to be celebrated throughout. So like for me, I think 
that's like I guess Mamop's protesty yeah. song, but uh, I gotta think about that. I'll I'll, no, I'll give me one. I, I like no, that. I, I, I like that. Yeah, because yeah. it's like it's also like I love it when it's not just about like you're gonna make the audience like a little bit uncomfortable, and I love yeah. that because oh, yeah. it's just like <laughs> yeah, it's like this is entertainment, but it's then it's just like. Face what you've done. At the end of it, it's like um, the Nicki Minaj meme that's like, You think Harriet Tubman's running around? <laughs> what is that? You fucking crown? But she's like, It's lives. And I was like, The freedom. <laughs> and I like make such intense eye contact with like one person, whoever's the closest person to like mm. my left side, because I don't yeah. know why I'm always on the right. And I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Just chill them to their core. Here's that's a dollar. Yeah, <laughs> please, the please. most apologetic dollar. That's here's, what you want. Here, you know, here's two. I'm sorry <laughs> for your, you know. I'm sorry for slavery. Here's <laughs> <a dollar. laughs> your family's experience and theirs family experience. You know. Okay, so in these last five minutes, this is going to be the final question. Um, let's talk about the future. So what what is needed next? Like, what do you want to see? And then, like... What's already great that just needs a little bit more sunlight, a little bit more attention on it? I want to see capital A arts funding mm-hmm. in drag. Mm-hmm. I want drag taken seriously as art yesterday. Mm-hmm. I think it's long overdue. And not just because some performance art person has a degree and they did one thing that's drag. I mean, go out and fund drag that is happening in the scene. Mm-hmm. Not that is a special encapsulated version or whatever. Uh, that's my thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I've been trying to do Drag News Ohio for several years of just like, how can we find all the shit that's going on and put it in one place so that everybody knows what everybody's doing. And then like, cause like, yeah, like I'm kind of hung up on this idea that like everybody's doing something, but nobody's like necessarily paying attention to everything that's going on. And like, and then like all of these, um, all of the ways that like, there's so many people uh, that, what? I'm sorry. Hello? Yeah, right. yeah, keep going. Keep going. Spider-Man point. Spider-Man oh, point. Okay. Sorry, Jeremy like, got so excited about so that. So excited. We were, he left we're, the room to point at it. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he left the booth to we, point at it. We've had similar conversations. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, because yeah. people want, I want people to know, not only like even the dragon entertainers, but it's like, you know, I'm a multifaceted artist, so you're a multifaceted artist. Like, um, like to, yeah, like integrate what everybody's doing, but also like, you know, first of all, there's no excuse to have an all-white show ever. Like, there's no excuse to, like, like, you know, we talk about like the majority black city, like and like you, like are you the only black person in the show? Like, that's not that doesn't make sense. But it's just like the way that like producers sometimes like just don't know who's out there because they're not going to other people's shows. They're going to their own shows. Although people book. have made so many lists <laughs> for those producers. Yes, people like. have been making effort to like you know just kind of collect everybody that exists and like have those resources out there. But it's like. I think that the responsibility of like being a producer and like being like having a microphone in your hand and like being somebody that people are paying attention to, like your responsibility, like to take this seriously is to, yeah, like not just book your friends and not just like follow the thing that you've always done is, but just like recognize like what everybody's doing, what's like actually happening. And yeah, like if Dragon is Ohio, like as like a, it's funding and it's just like then i want like i want all the producers to come together and like like tell you know the entity of drag news ohio like when their shows are like who's in their cast like what are their needs like 
these new entertainers like and it's like how long have you been doing drag now um i'm about to hit a year actually hey and it's, happy know, birthday. like a, two weeks happy <laughs> birthday. Two, two weeks. and it's like yeah it's like the like i don't know like what like maybe you've needed like from being a new entertainer but like yeah i feel like um as being a new entertainer um for me like talking to other new entertainers as well uh it's just i think oh well it's two spectrums that i want to like touch on so i think the first one is just more opportunities for new entertainers to um do shows that they probably wouldn't normally have like i don't want to say access to but just doing shows that they they i don't know how to say it i'm just doing more shows i would say like i feel like each venue in my in my eyes my perfect casting which would always be like maybe two like very known drag queens like really like seasoned whatnot a drag king Mm -hmm. and then maybe an afab person um and uh one new person like fresh out the Mm -hmm. fresh out the pack never have graced this stage kind of new person like it doesn't have to be every week but like every couple of weeks or so i would love to see that diversity you know, in that, so in that way, everybody gets a chance to shine, and it's not like everybody's like, I have to be, you know, you're not showing us attention, or you're not showing us attention, and then it's just like that way, everybody gets a chance to be on the stage, and and as a new performer, you get to be seen, so you get a chance to also have that path. I know for me, I had a lot of, um, I've been really, like, blessed to be as booked as I was as a new entertainer, because talking to other new entertainers, they're like, Oh, it must be nice being Ooh. booked. Yeah, I've had that before. I've been in a dressing room and somebody was like, it must be nice being booked. I'm always on my couch. And I'm like, well, have you gone to shows and talked to producers? Have you, you chopped you- off right. head? I have used you- to have people do that to me when I was younger. You know, and I was like, you know what? There's work involved in getting the bookings. Yeah, I was right. like, it's definitely work involved um, with getting the bookings. Because not only do I go to the shows and just watch other drag shows and just make myself known, I also go to the open stages. I've also ask people for hot spots you know what i'm saying sometimes you gotta you know you put your work in and get there and i think also for me for watching other new entertainers i don't see that a lot everybody expects to just be booked you know and You're it's like out there a lot like yeah. i i'm one of those people that like i i really don't like social media very much anymore but what i do like is actually being in the scene yeah. and like going out a lot and like i see you all the time yeah, like I'm that's like one of those things is like you feel like you've been around a little bit longer than you have because yeah. you are such like, you're so like actually involved. Yeah. <laughs> and I've gotten a lot of like stuff just off of hearsay. Like, have you met Bia Jewel? Like, you know, yeah. like she's so like cool. I just got a show recently um, with this one producer where literally on a comment on Facebook, like four people tagged me and was like, you know, you Put should be a jewel look, in this. Yeah, you should look into <laughs> her. And then they never reached out to me. They never said anything, right? And I just happened to be in the same room with like one other drag queen who was like, This one right here, she's it. And then she was like, Oh, now I see you. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you have to go out there and like talk to people. And I know a lot of people are like shy or like anxiety, but like if you love this this thing you're doing, you have to nurture it. Like if you have a plant, you gotta water it, you know, you gotta put it in the sunlight, you gotta put it in a new pot if it gets too big or put it in a smaller pot if it's too <laughs> big, it's a bigger pot, you know, but you have to put energy and time into it. Cause it doesn't matter how sickening you look, you know what I'm saying? If nobody knows who you are. Right. But also yeah. like your performances have been like, you know, just like something else. Like it's not just, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, 
Yeah. yeah, like you show up, yes, but it's like also if you weren't good at like oh, yeah. if you weren't entertaining, yeah. like yes. <laughs> no, you have to entertain. It's like up, it's like really nice. Oh, no. but it's like no, like you're you're nice, and also you're a good entertainer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, with that, let's close this out. This has been a wonderful conversation. I feel like I've had to do nothing at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I, I very much um, am grateful that you all are here for this and having this kind of a conversation. I would love to have you again if there's anything you want to come back and talk about. Um, but let's definitely close this out with promoting yourselves. Oh, yeah. um, upcoming shows, where they can give you money, um, <laughs> um, where they can book you, what they need to know. Give it all to us. And we'll also make sure that we have it in like you know, the you know, captions and things that we put out there. Checking out. my calendar. Wait, yeah. is this this is is this live or no? Uh no. it's not live. This would probably come out Tuesday though, right, Jeremy? Oh, okay. Okay, okay so my show so tonight <laughs> is not relevant. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, sorry. So I don't tell you a show that's like today. Yeah, sorry. After Tuesday. <laughs> okay. They go like what? Um there's a okay, so there's this cute new spot at Hildebrandt. And um New uh, is, I think, producing it in kind of like the resident of the brand. And Metro West is doing a show on the 23rd um, uh, at the, I guess it's Hildebrandt Provisions. Um, that's produced actually by Susie Underwood, who's uh, one of one of the Maelstrom. Uh, we love Susie. Yeah, we love, we love Susie. Susie. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, so to be that on the 23rd, and I think we're, I'm hosting at that location again for, like, this kind of series of events that they're doing at Hildebrandt um, on the 7th. Um, but that's also, like, a visual art, like, queer artist. And so it's, like, that spot is really exciting because, like, Moo is, like, in that mentality that we all are where it's just, like, let's put the visual artists that are not performers in with the queer artists that are performers and do different forms of art and dance and like all of these kind of new spots. So like check out the Hildebrands, maybe like the cute little scene on the block and Moose trying to put more queer people in there to kind of like, you know, the old white guys that are like the that are just putting their f- art up there can kind of appreciate some culture as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it, it, like they're just like hell bent on making that a, a queer space and I think it that's lovely DIY. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi, um, I was like, hi, my name is Bia Jewel. <laughs> <Sorry, not lower. laughs> no, um, you can find me on Instagram at, at Bia Bia Jewel. B-I-A, it's spelled B-I-A, B-I-A Jewel. <laughs> Sorry, I knew exactly the reference. I'm so excited oh, about everywhere it. Everywhere I go, it's like Bia Bia. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it's very rare anybody calls me by my actual name. So when somebody says like, it's it's actually a performer named Carmen LaShawn. So I'll be like. So yes, you can find me at um be a be a jewel. Uh Cash App is Shawnee Bia. Vimo is be a jewel. Uh, you know, she loves to be blown up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then my next couple of shows, I'll be at Cleveland Pride. It's a Cleveland Heights Pride. Oh, I'll be there doing Yeah, on the uh what's that, the twenty fourth? Yeah. Yes, uh I'll be hosting the open stage, which is <gasps> kind of exciting. It's my first like hosting hosting gig. Yay. So yeah, you know. And then um we are me and Dusty are performing. Um also be at Muse later on that day. We're doing a um a, a cage grudge lip sync. Fight. <laughs> battle match i can't think of the name right now but it's hosted by comatose um and it'll be at nine o'clock 
and I think that's uh, we got mommy milkers in July. <laughs> Can't wait for mommy <laughs> in milkers in July second at no class. So come to that, and then I, I guess the last show would be Black Mass. Um, it's a nerd uh, theme on the eighth. So yeah, and you can find all these flyers on my page. So yeah, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> um, and for me, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the Only Lady J. Mostly just follow my website, theonlyladyj.com, um, and my Instagram is way more active than my Facebook. Um, but I'm going to be at Music Box Supper Club for brunch on July 9th. And other than that, I am mostly just doing writing and things like that. So I'll be on ABC 10 News in Sacramento, California in the next couple of weeks All talking right. about drag history. Um, I just did a National Geographic uh, <laughs> interview. So <laughs> that's out there. I just got featured in there. So check that out. Um, She's booking business. Or, yes. you know, uh, I'll also very soon, I'm hoping we're trying to get it open access very soon if we can get the money figured out. Um, but the chapter uh, that I wrote uh, for the... Uh, Dance textbook, uh, Dance in U.S. Popular Culture from Rutledge is coming out, and the the essay is going to be Dr. Lady J, or uh, Experimenting with Lady J, a trans take on drag. I, for- I forgot all of my Instagrams. Um, uh, but I I am Dusty Bucket, but it, the user V, so D-V-S-T-Y-B-V-C-K-E-T on Instagram. Um, but also I produce um, Brigade and Sapphic Night at No Class, and so... If you're lucky and if you're like looking good, like you might be able to get into Burgaint, but there's <laughs> no promises, and you know, you can follow, but there's no guarantee. I'm going to like confirm that you are allowed to follow the Instagram. So, um, that's B E R G A I N T, um, on Instagram. So that's a it's a private account. Um, <laughs> that's the that's the very uh exclusive uh, techno party that we're doing. Um, and Sapphic Night is like open to everybody as long as you love and respect Sapphics. Um, <laughs> present, former, and future Sapphics, um, and those who love them. So those events are coming up, and you can find that on my Instagram. Um, and Dragon's Ohio on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs>